Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Check that woman. 
our first big record. It sold over a million copies, thanks to you. It goes something like this. I'm going to tell you a story.
There. Finally, I'm just a talking. We're on. All right. <laughs> yeah, baby. Welcome to today's episode of the Angry Divas Radio Show. I'm your host with the most triple dark goddess, also known as Diva Fire. I am going to be opening the call lines today, so I just want to check in. Mic check one two one two. Can y'all hear me? Yes. All right. Two two five. What's your name? Can you hear me? Yes, Mariah. <clears throat> hey, Raya. Hey. Raya in the house. Let me let me save you because I'm like, who the hell is that? Okay. <laughs> and I just woke up, so forgive me if I sound rough. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. We ain't judging in here. We thankful as hell that you're in here. Thank you for waking up this morning. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank so, you for sending me that link. You're welcome. So, look, all right, before I get started, all right, I just want to start by saying this. I think that any black woman, especially in today's society, who is getting her needs met and her desires fulfilled is winning. First and foremost, she's winning. Off rip. We're going to start right there. So in no way, shape, or form at all, Am I trying to take away from or detract from the black woman's wins? However, I would like to hear what you guys think. Candidly, just share your open thoughts about Gabby Gabby Sidibe and her recent engagement. What say you? I really don't everybody speak at once, and we can't have dead air. So go ahead. I honestly haven't paid much attention just because I've been busy with my own life and work and stuff like that. I'm not throwing shade. I'm just, I really haven't paid attention. You haven't paid attention. Have you noticed other black women commenting on it? I haven't noticed a lot of people sharing it, but I, didn't, I just kept scrolling. Okay. You didn't even look at the comments, girl? You wasn't even nosy, even a little bit? Girl, no. Mm-mm. I was like, oh, that's okay. Ah! Okay, good for her. Kept girl. <laughs> but I did notice, yes! like, some people were happy and some were not. And I, I really didn't care enough to okay. do it that much. All right. All right. How about everybody else? We've got a little panel here. This is the first <laughs> time I'm hearing about it. You're just hearing about, hear it. about it. Yes. <laughs> and I am on Twitter. Wow. I'm what kind of rock are we I living under, ladies? I mean, really, this is all rage right now. Everybody's I'm talking about like... this shit so much that I was like, well, angry divas got to come have something to say, too. All right? I... All right. Who else? <laughs> oh, well, I heard about it, and what I noticed in all the articles is nobody's really talking about what he does. It's just about how honest he is and how kind he is. Almost like we're supposed to feel sorry for her. So I'm not really feeling that. Okay. So I would have to say I agree with you. And y'all, forgive me if there's noise of children. You know damn well it ain't my motherfucking children. I ain't got no damn children. But there's some children outside of the pool right now. And so, you know what I mean? It's just going to cause a lot of noise. As most of you know, your priestess is living abroad and has been doing so successfully for the last four years. Thank you. 
So, you know, right now I'm in Barbados and life is good. I can't complain at all. Life has really, 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 truly been good. But I want to say I agree with the sister. Now, while I'm talking, I want somebody to look up, what's his name? Brandon Frankel or some shit. Look this little sucker here up and let's find out what he does. But let's go ahead and have this conversation, though, because you're right. A lot of people are not talking about that. So here's, here's a few things that I feel is at play, not even just feel. Here's a few things I know for a fact is at play when it comes to this topic of Gabby and this, I'm just going to call it what it is, white dusty, this white dusty man, this dusty ashy white man that she's engaged to, and that little teeny, teeny, tiny piece of chip of diamond that he gave her. Um, so, itty bitty, teeny weeny, shriveled devil, short, short man. That's exactly what the hell's going on there. And so, I'm looking at this, and here's a, here's a couple of things at play. And in no particular order. One, Gabby is morbidly obese. That's a fact. That's a fact. Okay? Two, when you are dark-skinned and heavy, the world is not your fucking oyster. Let's just tell the truth. Three, we know damn well most black men is not checking for a Gabby Sidibe type black woman. I didn't make the rules. I just report the rules. Okay? I didn't make the news either. I just report it. All right? I didn't make this shit like this. In the words of Tupac, I was given this world. I didn't make it. Okay? So you're not going to hold me responsible for the way things are. I'm just reporting on what's actually happening in the world. Actual factuals happening. All right. So other things that are at play. Black women's need to be seen as desirable. And we see this, especially as it pertains to interracial relationships. We have the great, the beautiful, the fit, the fabulous Serena Williams married to who and what? And now I saw as BWE, and y'all know I don't like them bitches, but I saw as BWE tried and failed to spin a narrative that Alexis Ohanian was some high-value man, that he was some worthwhile catch because he sold Reddit for $10 million, which, if you ask me, he sold it for too cheap. But what do I know? I'm just an angry black woman. So I've seen them try to spin the narrative that Serena didn't necessarily marry down. And I'm here to confront this idea that, and, and I'm confronting it as a black woman who's in an interracial marriage. Oh, oh, okay. I'm talking about this inside the house. I'm not on the outside looking in. So black women, and I'm going to call it straight, and I'm going to say this as somebody who has seen it firsthand for herself. In the minds of the vast majority of our sisters, a dusty white man is superior to a dusty black man because he's white. And let's just go there.
automatically you're winning if he's white. Don't matter if he's Trump white, Bob Ross white, Bruce Wayne white. He could be Daryl from motherfucking Walking Dead white, Trailer Park white. Doesn't matter. White is right. And that is what we're going to confront today. This false idea that the white man's ice is cooler and all of that that goes with it. We have another caller on the line. Caller 863. You're now live on the Angry Divas Radio Show. Hi, baby. How are you? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. Caller 863. Hi. Who's this? What's your name? Good morning. This is Lexi. <laughs> Lex, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> How are you? Okay. I'm lovely. Thank you very much. Okay, we got a full house. We got a full house in here today. We got a full queue, and I might let everybody <laughs> talk for once. Okay, so, all right, y'all. Here's Here's my question. Why... Is no one talking about that little tiny-ass ring he gave her? Because we've had these ring discussions before. Who remembers, oh, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago. Maybe. I don't know. It might have been two years ago. It might have been last week. 2020 has seemed like five years and ten months. So who knows when it was? But there was recently a debate. It was a ring from Walmart. Little, you remember the little cheap Diamondale rings? Y'all know everybody didn't been to damn Walmart. We all know what the jewelry count at Walmart look like. We didn't all walk past the motherfucker. It's usually right before you get to the cash registers, so you can't miss it. But it was a cheap little $25, $35 ring, and a dude, a black man, bought it to propose to his girlfriend, and everybody was like, oh, she's a joke, she's this, she's that, da 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 But I'm telling you something, that ring was bigger than Gabby's. Oop. Why is nobody talking about the ring? Why do y'all think nobody's talking about that little itty-bitty, teeny-weeny, shrivel-dibble, short-short man of a ring that the white Dusty gave her? And I'm, I'm calling it like it is. I don't care if you don't like it. We're going to call it like it is. Why is nobody talking about this ring? Somebody tell me. Why do y'all think nobody's scrutinizing the ring? And furthermore, why do y'all think black women are celebrating this as a win for her? Why is nobody telling her she could do better? Everybody told Mary J she could do better than Ken Do. Now, Ken Do did turn out to be a can't do. <laughs> okay? Ken Do Isaac did turn out to be a can't do. But so too might this white Dusty. He might turn out to be a can't do. So why is nobody, why are no black women scrutinizing this ring? And why is nobody saying anything about Gabby? who has critical acclaim. She's got all kinds of awards. I think her net worth is somewhere around 6 to $8 million, and we don't even know his net worth. He might be $120,000 a year kind of motherfucker. Why is nobody talking about it? Lines are open. Everybody weigh in. Raya, let's start with you, boo. What you think? Oh, sorry. Whoever was getting ready to speak, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, you know I got you know I got opinions on this one, but it's like because they, there's a there's among us the the morbidly obese black woman is a target. We know that, so 
anytime she get a piece of something, we're like, oh, well, you tried. So it's a consolation prize. So we're, we're, we teach far too often amongst ourselves that, you know, we, we should just settle for this. And I think maybe people are afraid around her to tell her that she could do better because maybe there's that fear that better won't come. So this is all you got. What about the online community? I could see that for her personal friend group, which is also depressing, and it says to me that her friends do not value her and her friends do not see her as worthy of better, which is why nobody told her you should not be marrying this white, dusty motherfucker. Okay? But what about, we don't know Gabby. You don't know Gabby. I don't know Gabby. They were so quick online to tear down Mary J. Don't nobody know her? We do not travel in Mary J. circle. But we had everything mm-hmm. to say about Mary J. Um, let me think of another woman. Um, Fantasia and her black man. Niecy Nash and her former husband. I mean, the list goes on and on and on to the break. The only kind of husband that doesn't get scrutiny is the squirrel bitches. So I'm just trying yep. to understand... Why are black women, and and this is the question. Let me clarify the question, ladies. This is the question I want you guys to answer. Why is the black woman online presence celebrating, supporting, and endorsing this high-level, high-visibility, critically acclaimed, award-winning, six- to eight-million-dollar net worth black woman marrying some white, dusty-ass motherfucker? Why? Is nobody saying nothing about it? Let's go. Lines are open. Because, because he's the prize. Why is he the prize? He's the prize. Because he's, he's a white man. Because he's white. got a white man's ring. Don't matter if it's little or She got herself a white man. Okay. Got it. Yes, girl. Get it. The hell? Think about Eve and her billionaire husband. They still talk shit about Eve all day. Come on now. They wish they could pull a man like that. It's backwards. That's true. That's a good point. Being gas, can only get, you know, because the size she is, oh, she can only get this dusty white man. So, I mean, whatever. It's cool. And they probably, the way you're talking about award winning, this and that, they don't see her like that. Ain't nobody said none of that but you. And that's messed up. Ouch. Yeah. Y'all heard that? Ain't nobody said none of that but me. Ouch. Because, see, I, I look at Gabby, and I see, of course, we all see Precious, right, the big chick, right? Um, but I also look at Gabby, and I see a black woman who has struggled with her weight, who has lost quite a bit of weight. I see a black woman who her only reason for even being in the entertainment industry is that she was the perfect size for the role of the book-turned-movie Precious. Um, Precious was an absolutely horrifying story. The first time I tried to read it, I was in high school. I couldn't finish it because it was just that disturbing to me. Um, and it's not just that it was disturbing to read. It's disturbing because I had women in my life who were going through that. I had black girls. Now, we were girls. We were teens. I had black teenagers, my peers at the time, who were overweight, who were morbidly obese, because of the abuse that they suffered in their home. So it, it hit too close to home for me because some of my best good friends was going through what was going on in that book, right? And so 
I've always wondered, because I know for a fact that black women tend to be heavier due to a couple of environmental factors. One, trauma, abuse, malnourishment, poverty. The fact that black women go out here and have bunches of babies that they can't afford to raise by worthless black men. And white men, too, let's just be honest, because the swirl bitches ain't doing better. Um and have more babies than they can afford to feed, clothe, and home, and the children suffer. We have negative outcomes. A lot of us, our first sexual experience uh, was with a black man, and it was rape or some sort of sexual terrorism, okay? It was not wanted. It was not desired. It was a forced experience. And so those kinds of traumas and those kinds of experiences do take us out of our element, and it reduces us. And that trauma you know, that uh, being kept in the house, we was called hoes for every little thing, you know, and even I went through this, and it wasn't quite that bad in my house, but I was just thinking about this the other day, as I was on the floor doing my stretches, right, I'm trying to get my flexibility back, I remember doing the stretches that my dance teacher had taught us, and being called a hoe by my own mother, my own mama, you out here trying to be a little hoe, so anything feminine, anything flexible, anything sensual that could be perceived of as sensuality, we got shamed for it. And it was our mother's misguided way of trying to protect us from the animal that is black men and their predatory sexuality, their rape-based sexuality. And so while they thought they were protecting us from predatory black manhood, really what they were doing is inhibiting us against black femininity. Really what they were doing is hampering our feminine intuition, our feminine style, and our feminine capacity and capabilities. Really what they were doing is teaching us that anything that had to do with the feminine was negative, it was bad, it was hoish, it was sluttish, it was something, some scarlet letter thing. Something as simple as backbend. You know those, um, the, the, what we used to call it, the crab, you know what I mean? You put your hands behind you and your feet push up. The, the torso and, and do that bridge thing, right? Um, any sort of yoga type poses, yoga stretches and stuff, um, anything at all, anything at all that was just totally normal in dance, we got shamed out of doing it because my mother could only see how men would perceive of it in a sexual manner, and she was trying to protect us from black men's predatory sexuality. Get it. But it harms us. This harms us as black women, and this takes us out of our element. So, you know, black men and black women are not raised. We, we, it's almost like we have two different experiences, not just based on being male and female, but based on our socialization as well and our experience culturally as well as globally. So I look at Gabby, and I see what I, what I know to be true of black women, which is you don't get that size from being happy. That ain't, that is not happy half a weight. That's trauma, abuse, neglect, malnourishment, lack, poverty. Furthermore, I look at her and I look past the weight and I see, you know, this girl who's on the Hollywood scene who is being given a chance to succeed and who does have critical acclaim, who does have awards, who does have, um, you know, a name, a face, a presence, 
in Hollywood, not just black Hollywood. I mean, my girl was in Coven. My girl was in Coven. Okay? She wasn't just in Precious in some black movie shit. She has crossed over. So we have this black woman. We have this financially stable and successful black woman. We have this successful in her career black woman. We have this black woman who is, I think she's a pretty girl. She's a beautiful girl. Um, I'm not going to say she's gorgeous because I think we, we abuse words sometimes. Let's just tell the truth. She's got a decent looking face. She got to do something about that weight though, right? That's just a fact. And I feel like she could do better. But I feel like as black women, we are discouraged from wanting better. I've been listening a lot to these so-called the manosphere, right? I've been checking out the manosphere and listening to some of the men in the manosphere. I'm not going to name any names because I don't believe in giving men any attention (laughs) in traffic. However, I've been... I've been paying attention to their reactions to Gabby, and I think, I feel a couple of ways, but I think that basically what it boils down to is this. The black manosphere feels that if it was a black man, he would not be celebrated, and we all know that's true. We know that to be factual. If it was a black man who was financially and career-wise beneath a black woman, black women would tear that bitch up. Ooh, girl, you could do better. Ooh, girl. Be careful. These dusty, ashy, crusty, musty niggas just want to use you for your money. We would be telling, we'd be talking about that everywhere. It'd be on Madame Noir. It'd be on Fort Harriet. It'd be everywhere. In all black female media, it would be all over the place, but we'd be weighing in. The witch's brew, everybody would have something to say if it was a nigga male. But because it's a white man, not a black man, radio silence. An average black man cannot expect a high-earning, high-visibility, high-worth and value black woman. But a white average can? Let's talk about it. We got another caller in. We have another caller in here. Caller 614. Your line is open. Welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling from? What do you have for us today? Hey, it's Devin. I'm calling from Ohio. Hey, boo. Hey. How are you today, honey? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm lovely, thank you. We're talking about this thing with Gabby, and we're talking about, you know, why nobody's having anything to say. And one of the sisters said something that really made a good point. Nobody looks at Gabby and sees what I see. I see a black woman who with critical acclaim, who's won numerous awards, who is high worth, high value, high earning, with a dusty, rustic, crusty, musty, ashy-ass white man. And I'm trying to understand why. And all the commentary, all I see is, oh, she looks so happy. Are we really falling for glamour? Gabby is an actress. That's like when Will Smith and Jada got up and did their red table talk about their little entanglements that Jada got caught out there having, like the both of them ain't been having entanglements before they met each other, but whatever, we ain't going to talk about it. Everybody was saying Will looks so hurt, and I'm like, did y'all forget this is a critically acclaimed actor? 
Have y'all forgotten? Tell me if y'all ever heard this old phrase. Believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. Tell me if you heard that before. Yes, ma'am. Yep, yep. Okay. So I keep seeing she looks so happy. She looks so happy. She looks so this. She looks so that. But I'm not... I'm not really seeing people really getting it. So, all right, floor is open. I want you guys to discuss this, and I'll come back in with my commentary. Especially the newcomers. Why are black women celebrating Gabby being engaged to a rusted, dusty, crusted, musty, ashy white dude? Is it because on black skin when we ashy, you can see the gray, but on white skin, you can't? Why are we missing the ash? What is happening? What is it? What is it? Floor's open. Um, I think they're celebrating the fact that she's, you know, swirling. And, um, you know, this whole BWE movement that's been going on for the past several years where um, these black women have been talking about divest and get away from these ashy black males. They're just no good, da-da-da-da-da, the usual and um, they push a lot of them like to push this whole swirling thing. It's like if you date outside your race, you'll be so much better off. Um, just this whole um, well, black males have been doing it for the dawn of time, and they just don't give a damn about black women. And um, they talk, they shit on black women all the time. So just go ahead and just date out. Um, doesn't matter how much of a fuckboy this dude is or whatever. So they just push this whole divest and um, date outside and be better off. But it's like, <laughs> um, well, are you vetting these guys? Because they're, they're fuckboys in every race and every culture. So they're just celebrating the fact that she's got a, a white guy on her arm. I think that's just all the celebrating the fact that he's not black. She's got the ring on yeah. her finger, but he, he's not black. And that's, that's all that counts to them. That's all that matters to them. That makes any sense. I would have to agree with that. I would have to agree with that. I would. Do you, let me just ask you a pointed question before we move on to the next caller. Do you feel like, because it's not, we, we're talking about BWE in the divest community. Divest has actually taken off. And I want y'all to remember something. I said divest first, but when I said it, I said divest from the bullshit and invest in your own self-advancement and your self-development. They didn't took it in divest from black men, always corrupting my shit. But anyways, <laughs> because this divest thing has kind of taken the black women's online media presence by storm, I would agree with you that a lot of these women are supporting because they're like, black men aren't marrying us, black men aren't treating us well, so we need to go somewhere else. We need to date other races of men. We need to open up our dating pool. We need to leave these broke, struggle love black men behind. Do you feel that that's really what's driving it? It's, not, it's definitely that he's not black. But what's the energy behind it? Because I don't want us to lose the driving force and the cause effect of what's going on because we're looking at the symptoms of white versus black.
Guys, this is a radio show. We can't have silence. If you're not going to speak, I'll mute your lines and cut you off and talk my damn self. Let's go. To piggyback off of what Devin was saying, yes, it has to do with his being white. And I think there's also that competitiveness against black men as well. If he can do it, I can do it too. And then Mm. also I think personally in regards to how Gabby is viewed and why no one is like, hey, girl, you can do better. It's like, well, I mean, you know, she is dark skinned and she is. Heavy, so I mean, good girl, good job, girl. I mean, at least you got a man, mm. even though all right. of this stuff is real questionable. Because I've checked his stuff, and his stuff, I'm like, can we get something about his net worth? Because I know Gabby's net worth right off the bat. I went to Google, six million, boom, right there. It was no like, six million after the third paragraph. His, I still can't find anything. It talks about mm-hmm. the company he works for and how much money they have and how much money they're worth, but it doesn't tell me, like, What's his position in how the much company? he's worth. Um, he is, I just had it, uh, Some it's like a consultant. I'll pull it up. It was just like something about it being a consultant. But I'm like, come on. Okay, it says works in marketing and branding and that he's worked at Cameo since July this year. And it's considered um, a Chicago-based company that provides personalized video shout-outs. And then it talks more about the company. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Yeah. So I just put in marketing consultant salary into Google. Wells Fargo marketing consultant salaries is an average of $75,000 a year. Ouch. And that's the highest one. We've got 90 seconds remaining before we go into overtime. If you do not call in right now, you will miss the last hour of the show, and that's not going to be my fault. The call-in number is 425-292-4444. Make sure you get called in. Oh, wait, nope, sorry, 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 sorry. That's the host calling. Don't call that number. The call-in number is 516 516- 387-1584. Again, 516-387-1584. If you do not call in, you will miss the last half hour to hour of the show, and that will not be my fault. We are at the 60-second mark before we go into overtime. If that's your time with us for today and you can't listen to any more, that's fine. Um, you know, if you don't get in, that's fine, too. You'll be able to catch it once the show is posted, and you can listen to the ar- listen to the rest of the show in the archive. Again, 516-387-1584. That's the last time I'm going to say it. Get called in now. All right. Now, let's go back to this here. Yeah. No mention about his worth, his net worth. And I've checked three different articles. Wow. And I, and I put his name and net worth. Like, it's as basic as you can get. I put Gabby's name, her network, boom, like that. I put his, and it gives me all this stuff about where he worked, where he used to work. He used to intern here. He was a consultant here, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this still doesn't tell me how much this man is worth. Just so and did you say he got his job in July? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
So he left one job. It says between October 20, 2019 and May 2020, he was a freelance consultant for Sony, Sony excuse me, Music Masterworks. And then now he is uh, based with Cameo since July of 2020. So he just left one job to switch to another. Okay, let me, let's just, can somebody go to Google and see what the salary, let me see, let me just put in C-A-M-E-O. Yes. Cameo. Cameo salaries. Marketing, oh, shit. All right, hold on a minute. This doesn't look good. Yeah. This doesn't look good at all. I, I when see they 52,452 his... on average. Yeah. Yeah. When they talk Cameo's, Cameo's marketing managers and marketing consultants are not making more than $50,000 a year. Wow. So here we have Gabby. This, this, this is so incredibly disturbing that I might need to do a series on this here. Because, look... As it is, as it is, we have a lot of issues with our self-esteem. We have a lot of issues with our beliefs in ourselves. We have a lot of issues with self-worth and self-value. So to be a $6 million woman getting married to a man who's making $50,000 just because he's white, that's unacceptable, period. And if we had a real sense of self-worth and self-value, self-esteem as black women, not only would this not be okay, black women as a collective, as a cohort, as a sisterhood, would come together and say, nah, girl, nah, girl. Mm -mm. This is an average man. This is average. He's not even in the low end of a high-value man. He's not even a high-earner. The man is earning fifty thousand U.S. dollars, and she's a six million dollar woman. So, we're going to do a series on this because this is an interesting case study for Black women. For hold on a second, guys. This is an interesting case study for Black women and for our worth. But I want someone else to weigh in real quick. Um, let's see, Raya, you're back. What do you think? I'm googling um, this company he founded, Contra Inc. That uh, it says he left. Paradigm, and he was actually a senior vice president at Paradigm and helped found it. So I don't think he's that broke, but he's definitely not on her level. But he's not making 50k a year, from what I can tell. But of course, there's nothing actually like saying his net worth in writing, probably because he's not actually famous. That's what I'm getting from all this googling. But like they're sharing their former clients, which includes Lexus. Red Bull, Vice Japan, Corona, Reebok, Remy, and Cartier Japan. So. I think it's that either. Is, I think titles can be misleading because mm-hmm. depending on industry, a senior vice president can still not make anything, especially if you're talking about like a startup or a new company where they tend to throw a title at you and say, oh, well, the money will come. Mm. True. 
Does anyone know who she dated before she got with this guy? Um, I'm trying to look it up right now. Give me a second. Because even on this, I mean, this Billboard article was from 2017, and even the chicken here is like, oh, he's so funny and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, does this dude have anything else, though? Like, that's all anybody ever says, from what I can tell. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing much on her dating history. I'm trying to look somewhere else. Yeah. Wikipedia is only showing the this fiancé right now, but let me Yeah, I'm not pulling up anything either about past boyfriends. Okay, and sorry, ladies, I disappeared for a little while. I'm back. um, Keep going. I'm sorry. uh, One article is saying that she, uh, before she got engaged to this guy, she had a previous relationship, but it's not naming who, who she dated. I just find this to be by and large problematic and for a few reasons I find this to be largely problematic and I don't I feel like if we really loved each other as black women we would not consider this a win this is not a win this isn't a win for Gabby and it's not a win for black woman the brand So we want our little girls to grow up and think, well, yeah, instead of just lose the weight, let me go and marry this average-ass fucking man just to say at least I got a man. And let me marry a white one so I can feel real good about myself. Black men didn't want me at this size, but a white man does, and so blah, 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 blah. This isn't good. And if a, if a white man, look, Child, he's a marketing consultant, okay? Uh, yes, uh, classism, elitism, snobism, all the isms, baby, all the isms and the gravy of isms, okay? All the shade. All the shade, all the isms, cherry on top. He's a marketing consultant. We need to have an honest conversation about average men. If I, who's in the top 6% of all women financially, am expected to tolerate and stay with an average man just because I'm black and female, what are we teaching our daughters? With this whole uh, Gabby situation and and for any black woman, period, who's in this kind of situation, it's like, um, like you said, we're celebrating this average guy. We're not betting these men. She, he's not even on her level. It's, um, you know how we were, those of us who were uh, raised in the church, they talked about, like, if we want to be married, we have to be with somebody, not be, uh, what's the phrase, unequally yoked or something Unequally like that. yoked. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, 
um, the fact that black women are celebrating this is, is like, is red flag everywhere because um, I, I just see like so many doors opening for abuse and, and just a whole lot of mistreatment coming from this guy because he's not on her level. She could do so much better, but again, like you said, she's just, I'm just getting with this guy because the men of my race don't like me because of X, Y, and Z. So let me just go get this guy. I don't care who he is, what he does, how much he makes. It's like, do I even know this guy? Did I even get a chance to know him? You know? But you see, it's just too many red flags. It's just, again, it's going to open a lot of doors for just, it's going to snowball into something like really big and negative. If she doesn't get out right now, she has a chance. Yeah. And it definitely. Do y'all think that he's white can do? Do y'all think that he's white can do Isaac? Ouch. Ooh. Men are social climbers and men are gold diggers. Need we remember on his IG? Yes. I couldn't I'm on his that. Instagram, and he has way more pictures of them together than she does, and I find that very interesting. Mm. Wait, who mm. has more pictures, her or him? He has more pictures with her than she has on her Instagram. Oh, oh. that's yeah, this red flag, I think. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know if it's a red flag. Right now, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying we have a bit of a difference of opinion here. So help me understand yours. Here's mine. The man should want you more than you want him. Period. Mm-hmm. Additionally, yes, he should. Additionally, he's a fifty fucking thousand dollar a year motherfucker, and she's a six million dollar woman. She ain't got time to be posting this motherfucker. <laughs> Well, she has a lot of other things, though. She has things to do. No, I, I hear you. Because at first I'm like, well, maybe he just really loves her more than, you know, and that's how it's supposed to be. But he's also in marketing and strategic partnerships. It's in his bio. So I'm like, is this just a strategic partnership or what exactly is going on? Definitely not the cut off. And then, and then I do agree with you as far as the uh, man should love you more and should post you more. My, the, my thing on the red flag is that if he's, making this $50,000 a year and he's got like all these pictures of him and her is it because he's showing off that he knows that he knows and he's engaged to a celebrity and that he just he's just trying to like again climb his way to the top and then like bounce out once he gets what he needs and what he uh what he's going after so that was my take on it <laughs> Oh, like, is this love bombing? Do y'all think this is love bombing? Oh. Oh. It really would be. Oh, wait, hold up. Time out. Okay, so on October 10th, he posts, since it's World Mental Health Day, I'd be admissed if I didn't give credit to this magical being that I'm so thankful for. She's the biggest supporter of my therapy and taking care of your mental well-being. Like, okay, is this your girlfriend or your therapist? Oh, shit. Uh-oh. I was in a very dark place when I first met her, but her energy, passion, and spirit helped me to shift to a more positive and uplifting place. Wow. I've noticed that about his stuff before. He's always talking about what she does for him. Yeah. Not, so I love her because genuine. she's 
Yeah. When they first I love kind what she of can like do probably for me. Like, I don't love her. I don't love her lover, exactly. but I, just, I only love what she can do for me. Exactly. When I was following them and like paying attention to when she first hooked up with him, it he had posts like that, like a lot of posts where it's like, oh, you know, she took me here, or oh, she surprised me with this. Oh, and it's not like I love her because she's like the first person I want to see when I wake up and the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep. It wasn't like that. It was just more like, oh, she did this for me. She did this for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> what is that love bomb? I I'm not too familiar with yeah, that. I've never but heard that term. It might be. Yeah, that's a new one. <laughs> I'm about to check what this actually means. Yeah, yeah love bomb is when you meet a, a new guy and he just, oh, he acts like, you know, he's Romeo and you're his Juliet and all this shit, and then they just set you up for abuse later. Usually emotional, uh, though. Okay. Yeah. Because then eventually he may be like, you know, a year or two from now or once they actually get married, it's like, well, you know, nobody else is going to want you. So. Okay. Love bombing is an attempt so... to influence a person by demonstrations of attention and affection. It can be used in different ways and for either positive or negative purposes. Psychologists have identified love bombing as a possible part of a cycle of abuse and have warned against it. All right, well, it says here some of the um, top signs, the 10 signs of over-the-top love, love bombing, inappropriate gifts, never-ending compliments, excessive communication, Constant tension, soulmate claims, demanding commitment, disrespecting boundaries, mm. neediness, overwhelming intensity, uneasiness, takeaway. And this is from Healthline. So he's needing some of yeah, those. Yeah, I'm, I'm there right now. Yep. I'm looking at it right now. Mm. And then it comes to question like when she first started dating him because I remember when she first started dating him and I was like, oh, he doesn't seem like he's anything like a catch or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if she did have anyone saying like, hey, girl, maybe, you know, you should look around just a little bit more before putting your all your focus on this one guy, this one random guy. Because that's who he is. He's just a random guy. Like, no matter mm-hmm. how much they try to build him up in these articles, they're like, oh, he used to work for here. He used to work for there. And big names, big names. You notice they're trying to make anything. him seem greater than he is? He's nothing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. I mean, you could work for Goldman Sachs in the fucking mail room. True. We should ascribe value to you because the company that you work for? None of this sounds good. You said that, Far. you said you remember when they first started dating. How long have they been dating? When did this start? I believe it's 2000, I think it was said 2017. But yeah, it was either 2017 or 2018 when they started dating. 
Well, all right. Here's the thing I want to say about this. And then we'll wrap this up. And we'll come back again maybe on Monday, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. I'll schedule the show and see how I feel about it. But um, I was thinking to get the shows back started at 12 p.m. What y'all think about that? Every weekday at 12. What y'all think? I think that'll work. That'll be my last time. Yeah. And I apologize. All right. It's the wrong um, the wrong date. They've been dating since 2019. It's been reported that they have been dating since 2019. But I heard about them actually 2018. So that's what they're stating. Hmm. hmm. They might have got started in 2017. Who knows? How did he even find her? Because, you know, look, right. there, there are men who target certain types of women as well. Let's be honest. She ain't cute or built to suit a fashion model size. She's way up here. He's way down here. Her earning capacity is way up here. Opportunities and open doors for him through her and all kinds of stuff. Men are hypergamous by nature. Men are transactional by nature. Men don't do shit without an expected return in the end by nature. It's in their biology. So I got questions. Righteously, I got questions. Hmm. Anyways, away from that, let's get back to what I wanted to talk about. When it comes to us as black women and our self-esteem, our sense of self-love, our sense of self-worth, Having a healthy ego, having a healthy sense of self-love, having a healthy connection to, sorry, I'm in here trying to pour a drink and dropping everything. Having a healthy connection to yourself as a woman is imperative for your success in life. It is. Can't do anything good for yourself without it. So we're not trained or raised to value ourselves. We often come from homes with mothers who are competitive, who are abusive, who are neglectful, because let's keep in mind, Gabby did not get to that size by herself. How old is Gabby? She's like in her How old is Gabby now, and how old was she when she was precious? Huh? She's She's 37 37 now. How old was she when she did precious? Um... When they come out, oh, yeah, we need to know that. How old was she when she did Precious? When Precious came out. She's like 26. 26, 25, 26 26 years old. Let's just say 26. She was 26 years old when Precious came out. She was 24. 24, okay. So that's about four years. That's four years on her own. I'm guaranteeing you she didn't blow up that size in four years' time getting out of her mama house, which means that she exited out of her mother or father, whoever, her parents, her guardian's home at that size. 
we come from mothers who are not the best mothers. Black women are not the best mothers, especially not to their black daughters. To their black sons, sure. But to their daughters, no. There's a lot of competitiveness. There's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of regret for how she used her youth and trying to either live vicariously through her daughter or fuck her daughter's choices up because no one encouraged her. There's a lot of sabotage. There's just a lot of bullshit that goes on when it comes to being a black woman because of our mothers, because of our black mothers, because of the way that black women choose to mother. You know, I'm here, I told you guys earlier that there's some people here who have two small children, and the lady is skinny as fuck. And these are two young, small children. And I was talking to one of my Bayesian friends, and I said, why the hell do black women get so fucking fat after we've had one baby or two? And this woman got two and three kids, and she looks like that. We don't love ourselves. We don't take care of ourselves. To have anybody suggest that you do so is, is called victim shaming and blaming, fat shaming and blaming. You know, it's, just, it's constantly something to defend fuckery when it comes to black women. So our next show, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the way that black motherhood contributes to the deficiencies in black women's lives and how to overcome it. And now I'm not trying to project nothing on Gabby. This is bigger than Gabby. This is bigger than her. She's just being used as a cautionary tale and as an interesting case study because the fact of the matter is that a lot of black women are in her her predicament. Instead of us doing what it takes to change things about ourselves to get what we want, we settle for less. I was just having a conversation with the sister. And, you know, I talked about this on yesterday's show. And I asked the sister, what do you want? She didn't have an answer. So she went away. The next time we spoke, she came back. And she said, you know, she wanted to talk to me about that. What do you want thing? And so then I asked her, I said, well, before we go there, what does want mean? And like I said, I talked about this yesterday on the show. So she goes and she gets the dictionary definition of the word want. And now the dictionary definition of the word want is not what the actual word want means. Someone go get the dictionary definition right now. Go to Webster's and get me the definition of the word want. Let's make it live. Let's make it all the way live. It's all the way live. All the way live. <laughs> okay, I found it. Someone get me oh. the dictionary definition. All right, read it. Okay. To be needy or destitute, to have or feel need, to be, necessary, to be necessary or needed, to desire to come, go, or be. Okay. Now, read that one more time. To be needy or destitute, to have or feel Stop. need. Stop. To be needy or destitute. Someone get me the etymology of the word want. Says so keep going. To be needy or destitute, to what? To have or feel need. To have be necessary or need. still need. To have, but still need. Sis, what does that mean? To have, but to still need. To lack. It's like you're 
maybe like you're you already experiencing it, but you still you still feel a void somehow. Like you have it, but it is you're still you still feel That's empty. That's part of it. That's part of it. That's kind of like I'm hungry. Ain't no food in this house. There's a can of tuna. I ain't got no money. I have a can of tuna in here, but I still need food in this house. To have, but still need. I got all my bills paid. The rent's paid. Car notes paid, but there ain't a drop of food in this house. And I'm out of money. To have, but still need. Basically, lack. Okay. Give me the etymology. Actually, wait. Keep reading the dictionary. I keep interrupting you. Read me line by line and let me to to expound on it. Um. Okay. To be needed. To be needy or destitute. To to have or feel need. To be necessary or needed. To de- wait. To desire. To come. To be necessary or needed. Oh, that comes from being wanted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And to desire to come, go, or be. Give me the etymology now. So the etymology is um, from 1200 to be lacking, from Old Norse wanta, to lack, want. Earlier, wanatan, from Croto Germanic, wonen, from PIE, we know. Suffix form of root E-U-E, to leave, abandon, give out. The meaning desire, okay. wish for. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, yes. keep, keep going, keep going. Sorry. Yes, ma'am. The meaning to desire or wish for. Mm-hmm. Um, feel the need of is recorded by 1706. <sighs> Do y'all understand what's happening here? Black women are in a place of want. That means we're in a position of lack. To be a black woman is to always be in the state of wanting. We grow up wanting, lacking. Let's just use the word lack. Because I don't want to confuse anybody saying want and people think of want as desire. Someone get me the etymology of the word desire. Black women, from the womb to the tomb, live a life of lack. Even when they are a $6 million bitch. To have but still need. To have but still need. She's got $6 million. She still needs a dusty, crusty, rusty, busted white motherfucker to feel something great about herself. $6 million ain't enough. The $6 million ain't enough. The critical acclaim ain't enough. The awards ain't enough. The fact that we know who she is before she speaks. You can see a picture of that girl and know who she is, and that's not enough. To have, but still want. 
meat. This is the predicament we are in as black women. Six million dollars, global recognition, critical acclaim, multiple high-level awards, the greatest awards that you can get in your profession, and she still wants a $50,000 a year dusty-ass white bitch to feel like a real woman. Wow. I have the definition for desire. I'm not ready for it yet. We'll get there, but thank you. I want y'all to realize what do y'all understand what I'm saying? Somebody read it back to me. What am I telling you when I talk about this six million dollar woman who still has to have and still need? She still wants to be able to say, I have a husband. Even if my husband is so far fucking beneath me, it might as well be a giraffe and an ant in makeship. Imagine a giraffe trying to mate with an ant, because that's what this is. She's way up here, and he's way down there. What is it that I'm trying to say to y'all? Tell me if you understand. Yeah, I, I think I understand. Because um, it's like she's settling, like when you were saying you're hungry and you have tuna in the house, but you still need food. You have tuna, but maybe you want steak. Right? Maybe I want some salmon. Maybe mm-hmm. I like scallops and goddamn lobster. Fuck a tuna. Mm-hmm. Mm? But it's all I have. And I don't have the ability to get something else, so I have no choice but to settle for this can of tuna. Really, truly, I want sea scallops, lobster, filet mignon, and truffle mashed potatoes, but I ain't got the money. I can't go get it. All I've got is this can of tuna, and I ain't got the means or the ability to get shit else, so I'm going to sit here and eat this tuna even though I want something more. I'm going to settle for less because, you know, my, my mama and them taught me a piece of man is better than no fucking man at all. We're not taught to value ourselves. Our mothers do not teach us to value ourselves. Black men certainly don't teach us to value ourselves. Why would they want us to value ourselves? If we started to really value ourselves, they'd never get black pussy ever, 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 ever. If we truly valued ourselves as black women and chose better and do better and and all the things that people love to tell us, black men would be perpetually and indefinitely disqualified as men, period. But here's the rub. Here's the rub. Here's the rub. They should be. But conversely, the same way this ashy, crusty, dusty, crispity, crackety coon 
should be dismissed of, so should his Malibu's most wanted-ass brother. His Malibu's most wanted-ass brother from a white mother should also be called from the herd. And this, this is why I focus primarily on healing. The things that we do, the things that we tolerate, the things that we put ourselves through because we couldn't be bothered to heal or I want to spend my money on these eyelashes or whatever the fuck. Healing takes too much work. I don't have time for that. All of this, all of this kind of crap. Not a black woman who had been raped 40 years ago. <laughs> Come to me for healing. This is one of my least favorite stories to tell. But I tell it not because I enjoy it. I tell it because if it doesn't get told, if people don't know, then how can we do better? You must know better to do better. Forty years ago, actually she was 41 about four years ago, so probably like she's 44, 45 now. Right? Let's just round it up so she's 45 years old now. Okay? About 40-something years ago, 30-something years ago, she has been sexually violated by a black man. It's going to take her 12 months of, oh, 12 months yet of work to heal. This black woman who carried trauma, trauma so bad that even 40, 30 years later, she's still having pain in her womb from what happened to her. She told me, looked me dead in my face and told me, I don't have a year to dedicate to healing. A year is too much time to put into healing. And I just remember being disgusted. I was so disgusted with that. I didn't cuss. I didn't fuss. I just said, sis, that doesn't even make any sense. You had 40 years to wallow in self-pity, in the curse of rape, in a lack of sex- healthy sexuality. Your money been funny and all kinds of shit for 40 fucking years, and you mean to tell me you can't take 12 months to restore? Does that even make sense? Does that even make logical sense? I removed her off my friends and I said, you know what? You have every right to decide that you don't want to do healing, but you can't sit around and be broken. You're not going to sit over here commenting and engaging with other women choosing to be broken. To this day, she's upset with me, like, oh, Diva removed me because I wouldn't heal. Yes, I did. Unashamedly, unabashedly, unapologetically. You want to sit with rape pussy for 40 years, 40 more years till you 80-something years old and you check up out of here? You get to do that, but you do not get to be in my presence. We have got to set the standard as black women and demand more from ourselves and each other. You know why she didn't have 12 months to dedicate to her healing? Because she didn't think she was worthy of it. She didn't think it was worth it, and she didn't think she was worthy. And that, again, comes from that wounded mother curse. Black women would rather... What's the point? Black women would rather stay stuck in a 40-year redundancy of a rape curse 
then work on themselves to heal. Let me tell you something as a black woman who has been raped and who has done the healing work and who had to keep doing the healing work and who would get frustrated every time I pulled cards, three and four and five different decks, the same card would pop up. In, in, in each deck, it was always the card talking about go do some more healing. I'd pull cards in the deck and get into the chamber of healing, shuffle and pull again, into the chamber of healing, shuffle and pull again, enter the chamber of healing. Man, fuck this deck. Something wrong with it. Get a new deck. Shuffle, pull, enter healing. Start your healing. Time to go back to the source of the problem. Five different damn decks. The same thing kept coming up. So I said, all right, spirit, I'm already doing the work to heal this shit. What more do you want from me? What more do you want from me? I'm tired of healing. Not healing. I'm tired of hearing that I need more healing. I'm tired of hearing the shit. When do I get to the point where I don't have to hear this no more? And the dark said to me, when you die, motherfucker. Because healing is a journey. It's not a destination. It's a journey. By the time you have left this physical reality and gone on to your next now, you've learned and healed and done everything that you could and or squandered your time, and now your number is up. But while we are here drawing breath and blinking and pissing and shitting and eating good food too, you got work to do. Period. So, and I had been doing the healing work. And I was frustrated. A, why the hell does all my money, time, energy, resources, and attention have to go into restoring what some fuck-ass black man did to me? It felt unfair. It was like an extra punishment because instead of thriving, I was surviving and trying to get into healing because of what a punk-ass black man and his penis decided to do to me. So trust and believe when I say I understand the feeling of exasperation and just being over it and feeling like it's not fucking fair because it's not fucking fair. It's not. But here's the thing. What happened to you is never your fault. What happened to you is not your fault. It's not your fault that some grown-ass man did what he did to you. It's not your fault that your punk-ass mammy did what she did to you or your your cousins, your aunties, your daddy, whoever it is that traumatized you, abused you, neglected you, made you feel not good enough. It's not your fucking fault. But catch this. It is 100,000% your responsibility to heal from it, though. It's 100% your responsibility to heal what happened to you. The world does not accommodate your brokenness. It's not the, the, the job of the world to accommodate your brokenness. It's your job to heal your brokenness. 
The world is going to continue to turn and be fucked up and crazy and delightful and wonderful all in the same breath. And you can keep turning and spinning in the same cycle of brokenness and unhealing and have a life that shows that. Gabby got, she's a $6 million woman. Explain to me why the fuck she ain't went and got some lipo. Instead of us working on ourselves, we'll go out here and settle for less. Because it's easy. I'm broken and fucked up and morbidly obese, so let me go get this depressed, fucked up ass $50,000 white bitch. Someone who is broke financially and more broken than me so I could feel like the superior and like the supreme instead of work on my shit to be better and actually be that supreme. She's a $6 million woman. Why the fuck has she not got her a tummy tuck and some liposuction? Explain it. Oh, but she got her some K jewelers on her finger. From a $50,000 white man. Ladies, if you have never listened to me before, listen to me right now. Listen to me good. Every dime, every nickel and penny, even the least amount, a penny, that you put into yourself is worth your weight in gold as it pertains to your outcomes in life. I look back at angry diva, and angry diva was angry. She was hurt. She was traumatized. She had been abused. She had been abandoned and neglected. She had been set the fuck up by the so-called black sisterhood. She was hurt and pissed and angry and righteously so. But I look back, I go back and listen to the early shows, you know, and I weep for my own self. Y'all can't hear it. Oh, she's just diva's powerful and she's so strong and brave. And I hear my pain. I hear the pain in my voice. I hear the doubt in my voice. I remember thinking, I'm never going to fucking heal. I'm doing all this for nothing. Before I became the priestess, back when I was just like you, I'm never going to heal. I'm wasting my money. Healing ain't, couldn't possibly be real. If it was possible, then why the fuck is so many other black women all fucked up? And now I'm sitting here, sitting on the top of the dock of a bay, watching the tide roll away. Sitting here in my beach front, my gorgeous fabulous four-bedroom, three-bathroom, just me in it, beachfront. And I remember that broken girl. I remember that depressed girl. I remember that unconfident girl. And all I can say is, well done, daughter. Well done. Well done. And honey, from 2013 to 2020, 
if we can do all of this, if we can go from suicidal ideations to a river of life flowing out of me that makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, what else can we do in the next decade? (laughs) I am excited about it. What else? I went from the rape victim to the woman who's got a river of life flowing out of her from 2013 to 2020. What else can I do in the next decade? Because, see, I got here coming out of being raped, and I was raped as I was sleeping. I woke up because of this shit. I woke up to this. He came to rearrange me as I was unconscious, and I went through this. But I went to the priestess, like y'all come to the priestess, and I went to that lady so much she got sick of me and said, you need to learn how to do this your motherfucking self. You got too much shit to do. You have too much that you want, and you got too much you want done. Moreover, I need somebody to go out here and help me with the rest of these black women. I can't do it all on my own. If I didn't have to overcome the curse of rape, I'd be much further along than I am now if I didn't have to undo years of trauma and abuse and neglect from my mother and them, childhood abuse and shit, all of the stuff that comes with it, I'd be much further along. So having gotten through all of that, 2013 was the time, I'm not going to say it was the start. It was not the start. 2010 was the start. But 2013 is when I took it seriously. Excuse me, 2010, I met the the resources. I had all the resources and and all the pieces, but I didn't take it seriously until the end of 2012, the start of 2013. From 2013 to 2016 was all healing, 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 healing. 2017, Barcelona, Barbados. Lisbon, Portugal, Reykjavik, Oslo, and on and on and on, Ubud, on and on and on. And this from someone who was raped because she went to travel to see her college friend. Her college friend that she hadn't seen in years. College friend got married. College friend had babies. Went to go see my college friend and end up getting raped in my sleep by my college friend's husband. And lost my college friend because, of course, she sided with her black man. Moreover, found out my college friend would bring women there to have that experience. She was basically the recruitment for her husband's rape rituals. She'd befriend women and bring them around and he'd do what he'd do and she would tell them, oh, we're poly. This is what she told me. It's what she told everybody. We're poly and y'all not going to fuck up my marriage because you don't understand how poly men move. And like, what does poly have to do with your nigga waiting until I fall asleep to come in my room and try and put his dick in me? That has nothing to do with it. That's rape. That's not about being poly unless you're telling me all poly niggas is rapists. Let's just call a thing a thing. Going through all of that to get here. Get here. Learn that 
there's still some more trauma from a childhood to heal from because of my parents couldn't keep their hands off of each other. And at every new level, it's the same old fucked up devil. I now live literally in paradise. I live in paradise. I am living in the lap of luxury, opulence, and abundance. And yet and still, there's that inherited trauma that all of us as blacks have to deal with. All of us in the so-called diaspora, the black diaspora, the African diaspora, whatever you want to call it. All of us skin folk. Our traumas tend to be inherited. So it's not, you know, I have a trauma over abuse, over physical abuse, domestic violence. No man has ever put his hands on me. But my mama went through it with my daddy and my granny went through it with my granddaddy. So now violence is a trigger for me. It triggers my fight or my flight responses. And if I can't fight, I'm going to leave because violence is a nope. Absolutely not. We're not doing it. We're not tolerating it. We're not putting up with it. Even when it's not happening to me, I still have all this shit I got to heal and deal with. Me, the priestess. So here's what I'm going to say to you. And then I'm going to let the sister speak, and then we're going to close the show, and we'll come back in here and do the next one. If I, the priestess of dark wisdom and restoration, even now in 2020 have to do work to heal from my parents, putting their hands on each other, from my mama as a little girl, every holiday, washing her mother's blood out of carpets and off of walls. Who the fuck are you? If I, in the beach house, I'm sitting here talking to you right now, watching the ocean just move, watching the wind blow the trees, and I, the priestess, got to heal and break the curse of the trauma from my family, even me, even at this stage, even with the years and years and years that I have dedicated to healing, I still got more miles to go before I sleep, so sister... If even the priestess with all her power and all her spirits and all her conjurings and all her whatevers has work to do, who the fuck are you? Lines are open. Yeah, this is... Wow. (laughs) Uh, One thing that you said that really stuck out to me earlier... And it's, it's embedded right now. Healing is a journey, not a destination. Yes. Keep going. That, <laughs> because you're not by yourself. It hurts. It's hard. It sucks. Every time I get a little piece of increase, here comes some new shit. Like, hey, girl, hey, know how you swept the whole house? 
Well, this little corner over here, you missed it. And now the wind done blew the shit all around the house, and you got to sweep the whole house all over again because one little piece you missed. Don't nothing piss me off worse than that. It sucks. It hurts. But you know what? I'm going to go on and get that broom and get to sweeping anyways. My arms are tired from all the sweeping I've already been doing. I've been sweeping up for years. Sweeping up my parents' mistakes. Sweeping up the dirt and debris of their fuckery and their brokenness. Sweeping up my grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-great-grandparents. Do I have the support of my family? No. They talk shit about me. I'm the crazy voodoo lady. (laughs) Meanwhile, these hoes is the one benefiting from all my hard work. It sucks. It's a thankless job, but goddammit, I do it again. I would do it again. I would choose me every single time. Feel what you feel. And then what? Still choose you. My babies. Feel what you feel and still choose you. Ain't nobody said it'd be easy. Ooh, that got me thinking about this song. It's about punk-ass, funky-ass Mary Mary, but you know... Even a broke clock is right <laughs> twice a day. Song goes, I just can't give up now. I've come too far from where I started from. And nobody told me that the road would be easy. And I don't believe I made it this far to leave me. I'm going to change the words. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I don't care how hard it is. I'll do it again. I'll keep doing the healing. I'll keep on keeping on. I'll keep on trucking. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. There's another song we used to sing in church. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I've come too far to turn around. I'm not going back there. You can't take me back there. I recently had a bra going pale witch to try and put me back in the rape curse because she was pissed off that I wouldn't curse her landlord for her not paying her fucking rent. Let me say it again. <laughs> I recently had a broad going pale witch $2,000 minimum to try and have me raped to put me back in the curse because I refused to unrighteously curse her landlord for righteously wanting to evict her for non-payment of her rent. No, we can't give up. We've got too many negative, crazy, fucked up, delusional, broken black women who don't want to do the healing work, but they begrudge you for doing your own. You can't give up. And I won't let you. Keep going, y'all. Anybody else got something they want to say? Yeah. The the journey part makes sense because I'm gonna be honest, it's tiring. I mean you look at what it takes to lose weight, what it takes to be greater than you've ever been and you're like, dang. But as you get deeper into it, you really can't go back. You really like you look like you look at my, I look at who I was at the beginning of the journey, and I'm like, I don't want that ever again. So I'm glad. Do we you want that. help to make it easier? Definitely. Because, see, look, 
I ain't even Gabby size, nowhere close. All right? Have never been that big in my life. But child, I would go and get me a motherfucking BBL so fast if I was her. <laughs> no, you and your low $50,000 a year is not about to come up in my $6 million house and lifestyle just because I'm too crazy to go get a goddamn liposuction. No, you will not. I don't have Gabby money. Gabby's a $6 million bitch. I ain't nowhere near her $6 million. But I tell you what, I'd go and take me. See, black women get loans out to go and pay their man's child support, but won't get loans out to go to the goddamn doctor. But Becky will. <laughs> Becky will. And then we'll turn around and be jealous of Becky's outcomes, but ain't willing to do what Becky do. There was a movie I watched so long ago. I can't even remember the name of it, but basically it was about the girls in Hollywood and they was all taking these little pills. I can't remember if it was called Dolls or Little Reds or something, something, some kind of movie, right? I can't remember the name of it. Basically, just to finish this, they all wanted to be in Hollywood, but to be in Hollywood, especially back in these days, we're talking about the, the Liz Taylor, Marilyn Monroe, um, Judy Garland days, right? the silver screen, the silver golden days, the golden and silver days of Hollywood, old Hollywood glamour, okay? Your Dorothy Dandridge's and all them. In order to be in the, on the silver screen and in the limelight, you had to be a certain size, shape, and beauty. These women were taking drugs, popping what we now call molly, to maintain weight. I'm not saying we got to go out here and do that. I'm not encouraging anything unhealthy. What I am saying is this. Black women would rather not try anything at all, whether healthy or unhealthy, and settle for less than make an honest effort and investment in themselves and gain the more. I mean, you got broads who pop drugs to get what they want. And I can't get bitches to do mantras to get what they want. I'm just saying. My white clients will have this problem. My black clients, it's like pulling teeth. But y'all come up with money for cars, for clothes, for ugly ass, purple contact lenses, all kinds of stuff. We're going to bring the show to an end. And you ladies, go on and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. you. We'll be back in here tomorrow, though, so don't miss it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.